0: You are listening to The Fantasy Nightcap, a fantasy collective production with your host, Shane. Grab a drink, kick back, and enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I'll be your bartender for the night, Shane, and with me tonight is co-founder of Front Yard Fantasy, host of the fantasy football game show and host of the FanDuel Sunday night recap, Simon Grunavel. And now that leads us into our final round. And that is the fantasy beer exchange. So this is a new segment that we started, uh, two weeks ago. Last week was the first time that we, I had somebody to do it with me. Um, so Simon, you are the, the second voyage of this journey. And, uh, We've kind of talked a little bit about some potential trade targets um, throughout the show. So we're going to start, you know, start low or high. Okay. Um, then I'll go first. I'm going to go buy high. And this one, I don't know if you can technically consider it a buy high. Um, yeah, it's definitely buy higher than last week. And I think it's buy higher probably than the rest of this seat or the. The previous weeks of this season. Um, and it's Chase Claypool. So Juju's out. Ben actually decided to air the ball out. And Claypool and Deontay both looked really good and scored touchdowns. I was the two receivers that I wanted on that team all preseason were Deontay because of volume and Chase because of touchdown upside. Now that Juju's out of the picture, I feel like this just skyrockets their value. He's someone that I'd be willing to buy right now. Um especially if you need upside on a team because he's gonna provide that for you.
1: Yeah, and uh and he got more targets than Deontay Johnson this week too. He was he was heavily involved in this offense, uh with Juju out of the game. And, but and that's the frustrating part as a
0: uh, a claypool manager is you're gonna get weeks like that where he's just like the focal point of the offense and gets all the volume, scores a touchdown or two sometimes. And it's like, why do they not do this more often? Um, And they, they run the, the offense through Deontay and, and I'm not saying Deontay's not talented. He is. I mean, he's a much better route runner, I think, than, than Claypool. Um, Speed wise. I don't, I'd still probably take Claypool, but it's just, I don't know. It's hard to, to figure out why they would go away from Claypool when they seem to have more success with him than when not. Yeah.
1: And just to hit on the buy high aspect of this, I, I actually think you're still buying low on Claypool for his rest of season output. It's just higher than it has been rest of se- or the season up till now. Like, yes, totally. you, are, you are paying more to trade for Claypool right now than you would have any of the other weeks, but uh, his finish is going to be significantly higher than where he's ranked right now in, uh, in fantasy scoring through five weeks. Yep. I totally
0: agree with that. Um, And, you know, it helps. I'm a Notre Dame fan. So a little little bit of reason. Hey, Craig, good to see you, buddy. That means he probably just got
1: off his live show.
0: (laughs) All right. So Simon, who is your buy high candidate?
1: My buy high candidate. We've talked about. Justin Herbert and the chargers a little bit here and it is a wide receiver for the chargers Keenan Allen. Um, we all know Mike Williams has been the the surprise superstar of this offense so far, but in all reality, whenever you look at how the, uh how the offense has broken down, it's a one a one B situation for these two guys. Uh, Mike Williams is just, getting, is just getting the touchdowns right now. Um Mike Williams is just getting the touchdowns. So, I'll take the player that's a little bit less expensive to acquire, but you're still going to have to pay up for a receiver like Keenan Allen. He's a top 20 PPR wide receiver right now, even with Mike Williams balling the way he is. Um, So you're going to have to pay up, but there will be plenty of games going forward where Keenan Allen is better than Mike Williams. Touchdowns are not a sticky stat. If I had to pick one of these two players rest of season, I'm still going Keenan Allen, not Mike Williams. Uh, So I, I think that's a perfect buy high candidate right now is Keenan Allen. Who's kind of being viewed as the one B in a one A, one B scenario. When I think he is the one A. And I love No, Michael
0: I Ray I definitely know. think he's still the one A. Um, because he he like he's one of those guys that is also a technical route runner and always seems to be open. Yeah. So for me, there's like there's three guys really that are like that in the league. It's Devontae Adams, who we talked about already, Stefan Diggs, and Keenan Allen.
1: And please, for the love of God, when Jerry Judy gets healthy, let us put him in this conversation next year. Like, I absolutely <laughs> please, love like please, Jerry. Please. So the
0: the next tier of guys for me would probably be like Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, um, and that's probably it for yeah. right now. But there's probably some other guys that are are fighting to get in there that are technical route runners that are gonna get uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, that's probably another one that's probably either in between those two tiers or, or right there. Where's
1: that jersey? So- it's somewhere back there. There's a DJ Moore jersey back there somewhere.
0: Love it. Um, Craig says Keenan is just forever undervalued by the general fantasy football world. Totally agree. Well, and like, shoot, now it's probably four or five years ago. The first three years of his career, or three out of four, it felt like he was injury prone. And that's why like I kind of backed off of him and wouldn't draft him when I was. Way younger in my fantasy career, and then he finally had that one year, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it, and I kept drafting him, and it's paid off.
1: I forget who said it, but uh, you're injury prone until you're not, and that's true for Keenan Allen. Happened with Frank Gore early in his career, but you are injury prone until you're not, and Keenan Allen is showing he's not. Hundred percent. All right, so now it's time for buy
0: lows, and since you have already talked about my buy low. As a buy low, I'm going to talk about my buy low. And how Let's many times I say buy low? Um, <laughs> so my buy low is TJ Hawkinson. Um, like we've discussed throughout this episode, um, Hawk is uber talented. He's only 23. He's in year three of his career. He's shown up until this point. Everything that you want to see in a young tight end that's budding towards stardom at the tight end position, he's just had three bad weeks in a row. And again, I'm taking the blame for that for starting Jared Goff in a super flex position when I should have started. Baker. <laughs> it's my fault, yep. Okay, my fault. Um, but I still think like the talent is clearly there, the volume will return. I have no doubts about that because. Now they have three options, maybe four if you count Jamal Williams, on what that on where that offense can really and truly go through. DeAndre Swift is one. At, well, I'll say one A. T.J. Hawkinson should be one B. Amon Ross St. Brown is two, and then Jamal Williams is three or four, however you want to count it. Um, I don't see any other person on that team that deserves consistent volume. What that means to me is Hawks stock will rise back to where it was and where it should be anytime now.
1: He's too talented not to be a buy low after the weeks he's had recently. He is way too talented not to be a buy low. 100% agree with you.
0: Yeah. And the good good news for me is I already have him on a ton of my rosters, so I don't have to buy him low. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Simon, since you've brought it up a lot, what would you be willing to offer a Hawkinson manager – to go and acquire
1: him hmm, that's a that's a tricky one on the spot I'm not to go acquire Hawkinson that positional advantage at tight end can be huge um, I'm trying to think guys that have uh, overperformed recently that I'm willing to send over for TJ Hawkinson um, or some of those like mid-tier running backs, you're probably looking at sending a like a mid-tier running back if you can afford to do so over to this. Um, I don't know if you could do Mike Davis plus, maybe like Mike Davis plus another player uh, to a running back needy team for TJ Hawkinson.
0: What about Miles Gaskin and Yep, let's say Miles Gaskin and Jalen Waddle.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll send that for TJ Hawkinson uh, if I'm. It-
0: here's the question you think it would get accepted
1: it depends on the other team's uh situation right yeah needs 100 um you might have to throw a tight end in there you might have to go like uh um miles gaskin plus a noah fant maybe to get a to get a tj hawkinson and that's something i'd be willing to do yeah i'd be willing to do do that that in
0: a heartbeat all right cool all right so who's your buy low
1: my buy low and i'm not sure if you're going to agree with this um I know I love this. it is Javante Williams it. for the Denver Broncos, and this comes a little bit with a rest-of-season prediction um, for the Broncos as well. The Broncos have had a fairly hot start to the season compared to what I think their actual finish is going to be. I don't think this is a playoff team, and I think as soon as they realize they're not a playoff team, as soon as they're out of contention, the workload split that we've seen between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams is going to go all the rookies' way. Um, we, we've seen it with the Jets and Michael Carter, right? As they've realized, oh, shoot, we suck. Thanks. God. They're giving the work to Michael Carter. Um, I think we're going to have a similar situation with the Broncos as they realize, oh, wait, uh, we are not a playoff team. They've got they've, they've got a tough schedule coming up. Two matchups against the Chargers, two late season matchups against the Chiefs. And that's important that it's late season because if you don't think the Chiefs are going to pull their stuff together by December, um, I got bad news for you. They're going to figure it out. Um yeah. the, this is a this is a tough division, even though it's been a rough start for them. The Broncos are not a playoff team, and they're going to want to get their rookie involved once they're out of contention. So Javante Williams is startable right now in your flex, and he's only going to get more work. He's electric out on that field when they put the ball in his hands. He's got that playmaking ability that they just lack.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely loved this when I saw it on the show sheet. I've been saying it all off season. Javante Williams is so talented. many places. Javante Williams is talented. Melvin Gordon is was going to be a pain in the butt yeah. for at least four to six weeks. We're going into week six. I've been pretty damn spot on with that. <laughs> I, re- I I seriously think about week eight, week nine, we're going to see, a se- just like you said, a severe shift from the 50-50 split to it being a Javante Williams backfield.
1: Yep, I agree with you. And I guess there is a world where that doesn't happen, where they keep going with the 50-50 split. But even then, you're not going to have to really pay up to acquire Javante Williams right now with that split um, in a lot of leagues. And even if the split continues, he's flexible. He's a flex-worthy option each and every week at his current value. But I view his value skyrocketing as the season goes on.
0: Nope, I totally, totally agree with you. So I love that pick. All right, so now it's time to review some listener trades and these are actually from two collective members so the first trade is from the one the only carbon fox underscore ff he's not gone long people he's back so he sent a 2022 first and receives t higgins a 2022 third and fourth round pick back the context for this was he needed a solid flex option because he just lost Monty to injury. Um, and that's David Montgomery for people that don't know his nickname. Um, Simon, I've got my grade for this on the show sheet. But before I give it, I want to know what you think about this trade.
1: <sighs> I am a huge T Higgins fan. Um, I really like the guy as a player. I, I absolutely love him as a wide receiver. And I try to take my Clemson bias out of things, but the dude is uh the dude's an awesome wide receiver. And I was excited when he got drafted by the Bengals. Completely agree. Um, well, excited for him. Not as excited as a Browns fan that I'd be going up against them divisionally a couple times a year. But I, I've liked seeing him succeed out there. uh And you know what? I think this is a this is a fair trade. I, I'm probably giving it a a. I'm probably giving it a B plus. I think you could have gotten a second in there with the first as well after this last game um, instead of a third and a fourth. Uh, but it's a, it's a B plus for me. I definitely think you're on the winning side of that, grabbing T Higgins in the picks.
0: Gotcha. So I actually give this an A plus um, because I feel like you could trade. I would happily trade a first straight up for T Higgins right now. So yeah, it's a third and a fourth round pick, but getting something on top of that, for a young stud wide receiver who is in a offense with a young stud quarterback and a another, like, we're talking about Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams being 1A and 1B right now. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to be 1A and 1B for a long time. Yeah. A long time. And so I'd be more than happy to send a first to get T. Higgins. The fact that he got a couple extra picks thrown on top of it, I absolutely love this trade. It's an A
1: plus for me. So I I do want to clarify what I said a little bit there. The only reason it's not higher for me is because I think the current perception of T Higgins with Jamar Chase's breakout so far this season is not as the one B. I think his perception is as the two right now, which is incorrect if you go and look at how this offense has been targeting him. Uh, So I I think you could have gotten a little bit more plus based on public perception, not his real value, but I completely agree with you there. This is a one A one B situation. Uh, my grading was just solely from a value perspective right now with how he's being no, viewed. No, and that totally makes sense with that context too. I it, I
0: didn't remove my – and I'm not a Clemson fan, but I love T. Higgins, so I yeah. didn't remove that love for T. Higgins out of my bias when, I, when evaluating this. So that's probably why I gave it an A-plus versus a B-plus or A-minus. All right, and then our last topic – is another trade, and this was also sent in by fellow collective founder Nick Sarnelli. Uh, So he sent Mark Andrews a 2022 second and a 2022 third, or 2023 second, sorry, and a half PPR um, 1QB dynasty for Devontae Smith. So I left that off the show sheet, sorry. Um, So he got Devontae Smith and sent Mark Andrews and a 2022. second and a 2023 second for Devonte Smith. I gave this a C plus. Um, I was given him, given some hell in the, uh, the league chat. Cause I am in this league. The guy that traded that got Andrews needed a tight end. Nick had, a two top five tight ends. I can't remember who his other tight end was. So he had two guys that were, were clear options here that he could, could get rid of. Um, but the positional value that I feel like Mark Andrews gives you at a tight end and he was plugging him in as a flex play, um, even though it's not tight end premium, that's that's still a very – that's a solid flex play. And so I I didn't love this trade for Nick. I feel like he could have gotten more back for Andrews with the two seconds. Um, and I like Devontae Smith too, but that offense worries me rest of season to where – and we don't know what it's going to look like next season. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, even though I love Jalen Hurts, I, I, we don't know what it's going to look like. So I feel like Nick could have gotten back a little more than just Devonte Smith for this because of the positional advantage Andrews can and will give you. So I gave it a C plus. What do you think,
1: Simon? Yeah, this is an overpay in my eyes for Devonte Smith. I, I love Devonte Smith. He has been fun to watch so far this year. I think the future is bright for that dude, but I completely agree with you. You, you could have gotten a little bit more back for Andrews plus those picks. Um, it's it's a fine trade. You know what I mean? I I don't yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad move on his part. In the long run, this could very easily work out on his side, especially if you're a huge Devonta Smith guy. But just from a easily. value perspective, I think he could have gotten a lot more uh from what he was giving up.
0: Yeah, 100 percent agree with you there. And that's kind of what was the discussion that followed in the league chat was like it was an interesting trade, it was a fair trade, and it just kind of depends on how you feel about Smith and his long term value. Yeah. Um I think it's, it's, it can only go up, to be honest. But I still think, like you said, right now, he could have gotten more back. And that's why I gave it a, a C+. Plus. So, um, all right, Simon, that wraps up this episode of Fantasy Nightcap Live. Um, so thanks for hopping on with me, dude. It was a ton of fun, as per usual, when you and I get together. So before we go, where can people find you um, and follow you? And, and what are you working on right now?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FYF Simon. Um, I, As Shane said, I'm the co-founder of Front Yard Fantasy. Uh, we go live with the Fantasy Football Game Show five days a week at 3 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel and our Twitch channels, Front Yard Fantasy. Then we are live on Fridays at 6 p.m. playing some more games on the FanDuel YouTube and Twitches. And then on Sunday night at 7 p.m., we are live on the FanDuel YouTube and Twitch for the Sunday Night Recap. Uh, so, make sure you guys tune in to us over there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're playing a lot of games, then doing some good fantasy talking on Sundays.
0: Yeah. the Guys, if you have not watched a Front Yard Fantasy show ever, you're missing out. <laughs> I appreciate it. Find a it. way. It's in the middle of the
1: day. I, I know three it's a to weird four time. Turn off one,
0: just once, and you'll be hooked. It's so much fun. They're a great group, group of guys. The content is fun. It's educational too, from a fantasy perspective. They get, they know their stuff, so I absolutely love the front yard fantasy guys. Simon, thanks again for coming on, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you follow the Fantasy Nightcap on Twitter at Fantasy Nightcap. Follow the Fantasy Football Collective at FF underscore Collective. That's K O L L E C T I V. And you can find me on Twitter at FF Shane B. This is the Fantasy Nightcap where we serve you fantasy advice straight. No chaser. Cheers.